Hi guys and welcome to Real. I don't know how I'm going to do that intro. Like I feel like it needs to be something like catchy that I do every time, but I haven't figured out how I'm going to say it yet. So that's what I'm saying for now. Um Guys, thank you so much for all the great feedback in the last video. I was nervous. I recorded it literally twice. Um, and I think that it's just going to take a little bit of time to be getting used to the whole solo podcasting thing. So I really ask that you just have grace with me and um, not be too hard on me. Criticism is always welcome. Um, but... This is all new to me, doing a whole solo situation, and I am going to have guests here soon, but I just want to get settled and talk to you guys and talk about things that make me happy and that I want to talk about. Um, also, by, by the time you're seeing this, um, I will maybe have announced, or maybe not yet, maybe this will be the announcement, I am doing another talk on this Saturday. Um, I'm going to try to record clips for you guys, but a lot of the times when I go to my talks... I'm the only one there. Like, I don't have, like, a friend or family member with me. So I'm going to see if someone on site can maybe take some clips because it's been so cool that so many of you have actually, like, wanted to see me speak. A lot of the times it's usually just, like, moderator style, which means, like, I'm up on stage with maybe one or two other people and they're, like, kind of interviewing me and I'm speaking in that sense. I feel like other influencers have posted doing stuff like that. So it's not anything like I'm not standing up there doing a TED Talk, although I would love to do that. It's usually moderator style, and that's how I prefer when I'm speaking to a group of people because I feel like it's so much more interactive versus me going up there and preaching at a bunch of people. I'd rather like know what people want me to answer versus me just going up there and preaching at everyone. And um, yeah, that's just a little bit of notes for before I get into everything. I also want to quickly touch on Miami. It was so, so fun. I just am not built for, I am not built for Miami. I'm not built for the Miami lifestyle. It is not easy to be out there in heels. And like in New York, I don't know why it's different to me. Like I'm either Ubering somewhere or I'm walking a very short distance. But in Miami, if you have to walk from one place to another, you're walking like far. Like it's not close. And my feet were killing me. I looked like a, I, not my classy. Actually, honestly, I kind of tried to keep it classy, but I feel like in Miami, I tried to add a little bit of spice because Miami gives like, you know, you can be a little bit slutty. Um, you can be a little bit sassy. I need to go to bed. I, I really need to go to bed. I'm going through something. Um, yeah, I've been like napping on and off yesterday and today while also trying to be productive, but I am not being my pr most productive self right now. So hopefully the rest of this week is better, especially because I am now preparing for speaking things and work things. And then it's holiday time, which is so exciting. Um, but yeah, that was my little Miami update. I had a good time. I didn't meet anyone, so don't worry about that. I literally, like, you know, I thought I was going to meet people. I thought I was going to meet men specifically. And I didn't. 
I literally didn't. I stayed with the group I was with the entire time. Um, me and Hallie ended up being the first ones to drop every night. Like everyone stayed out until 5 a.m. And 1 a.m. hit and me and Hallie were like really trying to push for 1.30. Like we were just on the tired train. And there's just simply nothing I can do about that. I guess I'm old. Um, but you know what? We tried our best. We went in with a good attitude and we came out hungover and really tired. So that's all I could ask. And I celebrated my friend Rob. So that's all I could ask too. It was his birthday and we had a great time and we sang happy birthday to him literally at every single restaurant every single night. So that was cute and fun and made me feel very grateful for all the friends I have. And I don't know, it was just a really good time. Also, do you guys ever feel like the times that you actually just get to sit home with your friends and hang out are the best times. Like that's when I'm laughing the hardest when I'm just like in my pajamas with my friends at home or just like doing like kind of like ratchet, like things that aren't going out. I don't know. Like my like sober kind of not even sober, but just like sitting at home with friends vibes are, I feel like when we end up having the most fun. So on Sunday night, we literally, laid outside at one of my friend's houses, um, at night in sweats and ordered sushi and just like, we're being hilarious. We played fishbowl, which I learned from Hallie and jazz actually. And it was so much fun, just lots of laughs and yeah, it was a great time. So that's my basic Miami roundup. But today I'm really excited about this episode. I actually thought of the idea last week right after episode number one aired because obviously, or maybe it's not obvious, fitness is a part of my almost everyday life. I don't work out every day, but I work out a lot of days. And it just made me think of my journey and how far I've come when it comes to my love for fitness. And so I really wanted to take you guys through that today and get real about what my fitness journey has looked like, what it looks like now, and how it's improved over the years. So back in the day when I was a gymnast, I was a competitive gymnast my whole life, that was my built-in workout. And so that made my life a lot easier only because I didn't have to think about moving my body I was just thinking about the gymnastics moves and my routines. I wasn't thinking about conditioning. I was just being forced to condition. And I did that for most of my life until college. So when I got to college, I kind of looked around and was like, all right, I don't do gymnastics anymore. And now I need to go like run on a treadmill, which I honestly never really had done before. Imagine if you're in the gym um, conditioning and practicing four days a week and then competitions on weekends, you're not really taking the extra time, or at least I wasn't, to get on the treadmill or to do other things. So getting to college was hard because everyone makes you fear the freshman 15 so much, A. Um, B, I just like didn't know what machines to go on or how to operate at like a giant gym because I had never done that before. My family always had like a little gym in our basement, not really a gym, but just like equipment in our basement. So if anything, like I could go on that. And so when I got to college, we had like the giant like student center gym and it was very intimidating or even just stepping into any public gym was very intimidating for me. And it's like, I would walk around aimlessly being like, I don't know what machine to use. And it also would just feel like 
straight up punishment for me. Like there were very few times in my life before my post-college experience that fitness didn't feel like I was torturing myself. When I was in high school, and this was after I had torn my ACL, I, um, I remember, or actually, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, being in high school, I remember as part of my eating disorder and disordered eating, doing these insane workouts in my basement. And this was partially, I, like once I got to high school, my gymnastics like life was a lot different than growing up, like doing competitive gymnastics. Um, I wasn't doing as many workouts. So I guess that's when I started incorporating workouts into my life. And I'm just kind of remembering that. I remember doing these things called fitness blender and like doing online workouts and fitness blender was great, but there were these things called 1000 calorie workouts. And I used to use exercise in high school as a way to purge. And I'm putting that in quotes because when you binge and purge and trigger warning, obviously big, big trigger warning on this. Like we will be talking about disordered eating and eating disorders and over-exercising and things like that. So if that is going to be triggering for you, um, I highly encourage you to just click out of this or fast forward. But anywho, I would use exercise as a way to kind of purge per se when I had overeaten and I had, I had really struggled in high school with binging or overeating. And I literally, we will get into this in a whole nother episode, but I really thought there was something seriously wrong with me when in reality it was just because I had been restricting for so many years, um, that my body's natural response was, okay, now we need to overeat because we're missing nutrients and we don't know when our next meal is coming in. And so quickly exercise because I had always had a fear of throwing up and I remember wanting to, I, I remember wishing that I could be bulimic, which hindsight is just, I feel so sad for that person that that's what I thought was a my way out or b something to aspire to. But I feel like a lot of the time with eating disorders or dis disordered eating, a lot of it becomes kind of, I don't know if this is the right word, but aspirational. Like you get jealous of other people for being able to have more willpower in quotes than you or be stronger than you, even though in reality, that's not true. But that's how I felt. So after going through these binge periods, I would go down to my basement and I would put on an 1,000 calorie workout. Or a, yeah, it was in a thousand calorie workout. I remember it being an hour long. Um, it was 60 minutes and it was said that you could burn a thousand calories in 60 minutes. And I would say, okay, well, if I binge today, then I can at least do this a thousand calorie workout and it will hopefully a lot for some of the calories that I had taken in. Um, of course, I would feel burnt out after. I would feel guilty. And most of all, I would take those workouts as a big fat punishment. Those were punishment. So slowly, as you can imagine, all my workouts became punishment. And my whole life, gymnastics was never punishment. Gymnastics to me was never a workout. I mean, 
subconsciously it was, but I wasn't doing it for the workout. I was doing it to train um, and for the skill of it. But when I thought of working out, I thought my, my perspective just changed. It became like, oh, this is something you do for thinness. And I knew that it could help my mental health. I knew that there were other physical benefits, but I, I couldn't focus on them. I couldn't see them because all I could think about was the fact that if I work out so freaking hard, that's going to help me be thin and get to my goals. And I was not overweight. I was not even remotely overweight, but I looked at myself as that. And I looked at myself as someone that needed to work out more and to not eat. So you can imagine my mindset was extremely all or nothing. So when it came to my workouts, it was the same thing. I got up and I said, if you work out, you can't just walk for 10 minutes. You can't just do a 30 minute abs or 20 minute Pilates or whatever it may be. If you're going to go to the gym, you're going to work out for a full 60 minutes, even more, and you're going to do sprints and you're going to do weights and you're going to do high intensity interval training. I, I would look up what's going to burn the most fat, what's gonna, what is going to burn the most calories in the least amount of time. And that's what I would do. That was my mindset going into exercise. And so as you can imagine, I couldn't remember a time that exercise wasn't toxic for me. So now fast forward, now we can fast forward to when I went to college and when I walked into those gyms and I was like, oh my God, like, what do I even do here? And I just wanted to do, I wanted to run on the treadmill and um, do sprints and, and go on the spin bike and but I wanted to do hit, and I couldn't really do that in my dorm room. And so I remember then kind of feeling that shift to like, okay, I'm in an actual gym. Where can I, how can I burn the most calories here? And in college, I for a short period of time felt like my binging because I was reading intuitive eating and trying to practice intuitive eating had gotten a lot better. But I still struggled a lot. And I also lost a lot of weight in the beginning of college because I was really struggling with anxiety. And I was really anxious about just being in college and being in a new environment. So I was having a really hard time eating. So I remember trying to work out, but feeling like, again, I do this because I need to remain thin. And if you have struggled with disordered eating in the past, you know that when you lose weight or when you can't eat, it's almost like when you see your weight drop by accident, it's like a fun surprise. And that's how I felt. And so when I would go to the gym, again, the motivation would be, okay, well, I have to maintain this. And so I wasn't doing maybe crazy 1,000-calorie workouts, but I still, my motivation for going to the gym and for working out was I need to maintain this body that I'm in. It can't change. I can't gain weight. It was like almost a fear tactic for me. Like I would go there like out of straight-up fear. Then fast forward to another phase in my life where I was abroad. I was struggling with um, kind of like an Adderall abuse issue. Not really quite abuse, but I was put on Adderall it, my sophomore year of college. And when I went abroad, I was really in the thick of, again, I had lost so much, so much weight that it had become an eating disorder because I started using the Adderall 
um, as a way of not eating. And I remember I never needed to work out. I thought, oh, I'm so thin. I, I couldn't work out like physically because I was so thin and I didn't have the energy. I could barely walk upstairs because I just wasn't eating. And so I thought to myself, well, I don't need to work out or I physically can't work out even though I needed to move my body for my mental health. And because I've always struggled with anxiety, obviously that is something that is vital for, you know, helping anxiety and helping depression. And now I know that. But back then I completely lost touch with all things fitness and movement. And it was an extremely, extremely depressing and sad time for me. I did not recognize myself at all. And fitness played actually a really big role in that. Like, I can't explain it, but losing that ability to go and have free movement, even if before it was for punishment, I feel like there was part, there were little glimpses of me enjoying high intensity interval training or me enjoying boxing or doing things like that. Like there were moments where I still enjoyed it. I had just lost sight of all of that. And so I, I had lost myself because I truly love fitness. I love it at my core, but it was almost like I learned to hate it. So when I was struggling with my eating disorder, I couldn't physically go to the gym or, and, and relearning that and that process was a really freaking difficult process. But fast forward now to me being out of college because that went on for abroad and then my senior year of college, my senior year of college. I really like couldn't get to the gym. I had no one helping me because at the end of the day, like you can only help yourself. So it really was just me helping myself and I couldn't help myself because I was in the thick of my issues. So when I was out of college, I was struggling at first and then slowly once I got off the Adderall and I started gaining weight back and started feeling stronger again, I this is when the transformation in my brain happened because that's at the end of the day what it is about. It's about the transformation that happens in your mind. And I said to myself, look, you are, un you are unhappy right now. You're depressed, you're unhappy and like, you know that fitness and movement will make you feel happy and more motivated if you are consistent. And so my whole mindset changed because I knew that it had to, I didn't have a choice. And instead of having this all or nothing mindset where I needed to get to the gym and go for an hour every single day, I was like, all right, you need to start from ground zero, babe. Like you're not doing well. So I just said, okay, let me try to go to one class a week or let me try to walk around the block today like really 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 basic things that most people in their minds would think well that's stupid but in reality people don't realize that small small steps lead to big results and they did like I am living proof of that so I started going maybe one day a week or just going down to the gym in my building and walking on the treadmill for 30 minutes, just slow walk on the treadmill. And I started building it up over time. Then two days a week. Then I, I also had this 
horrible fear of working out with other people. And I also weirdly had a fear of um, eating around other people. So I, I assume that the exercise thing was kind of related to that as well. It was like I couldn't ever work out around someone else. Like it gave me horrible anxiety. I felt embarrassed. I felt like I would have to outperform them. And it made me nervous. So I would just go by myself and just try to do the bare minimum and not put pressure on myself. And then slowly I was like, okay, you know what? My friends are asking me to go to Soul Cycle today. Why don't I go and try it? These are my, I would do it with my two best friends. No judgment zone. I remember going to my first Soul Cycle class in my life. And we went to Hudson Yards and it was a Taylor Swift ride. That was my first Soul Cycle class I ever did. And it was with Amanda and Erica, my two best friends. Um, and they are the type of people that have seen me at my bottom bottom. And I, I spoke about this in the last episode. And so it's only appropriate that when I talk about the beginning of my fitness journey and coming back from all of that, Amanda and Erica were a part of that. It literally makes me emotional thinking about it because truly when I think of any time in my life that I've been struggling and I've had to come back from it, they've been part of it. And it just goes to show and sorry, I'm veering off topic a little bit, but it just goes to show how truly important it is that you have a support system. It doesn't need to be your best friends. It can be a mom. It can be a sibling. It could be an aunt. It could be anyone. But it is so important that you have people in your corner that at the end of the day, they just care about you as a human being. And they just want to see the best for you. And so having them for that moment they don't know the significance of it, but I do. I do looking back. I know that that moment was significant. They would push me. They would push me to do things that felt out of my comfort zone. But when you have comfort around you, it's easier to get it done. So I went to that soul cycle ride that day and I loved it. I loved doing spin. I had never done classes really. It was a rare, rare occurrence that I would go to a class um, because again of what I mentioned, like just being afraid to kind of work out with other people. And I, it felt therapeutic. Like I felt like I could just ride and not think about anything. And from there I started occasionally going to soul cycle classes. And so then at that point I was like, oh, I'm working out now three times a week. And so on and so forth. Like as years went on, it just built up more. And then eventually I reached out to a personal trainer and I started relearning to lift weights again because in gymnastics, it was just conditioning. It was free weight, but I never like really learned the right form and how to lift weights. And so I went to a trainer for a year and learned to lift and like really challenged myself. Like I remember the first time I went to my trainer, I basically passed out during my first session. Like I was unwell. I was so unwell, but like he taught me also like I, I forgot what it was like to commit to something in gymnastics. I was committed. Like I had to go every day. I lost my motivation. I lost my commitment. I lost my drive when I was going through my eating issues. Like I just lost it all. I, I lost myself. And so going to all these new fitness classes, as crazy as it sounds, I was finding myself again. I was finding joy in movement. And that is the most beautiful thing in this entire journey. After that, that's when I really felt like I took off. And I think one misconception is that like my body 
would change and maybe it has or I would lose a bunch of weight or um, I don't know, like certain things would happen to me if I like got back into fitness and I was working out more often. I realized that it didn't fucking matter. It didn't matter because what did matter was that I was waking up every day and I had a commitment that I needed to go to and I went and did it and I could leave the gym or leave my class feeling like I just accomplished something and now I can take on the day. I would feel the endorphins in my body and it would help me with my depression and my anxiety. Like those were the things that made me joyful and happy. And also the fact that if I didn't feel like working out one day or if I didn't want to work out any of the days of the week, I was just feeling like I, ha I was having a tired week, I could go for long walks. It was no longer about the all or nothing mindset. And, and that's the biggest thing that I've learned in life to date. Like nothing should be an all or nothing mindset in this life. Everything is about balance. And that I feel like is really the theme of, of my podcast and of my life. Everything is about balance and that includes fitness. And so learning balance and learning joy and fitness. And I've also kind of chosen, I mean, I use the word fitness now, but in the beginning, I, I decided that I wanted to use the word movement instead of fitness. And I talked to my parents about this as well because fitness to me always had a bad connotation or working out. I would always say, oh, I need to work out. And so it would feel like something that I had to do. It would feel like a chore. Whereas movement could be anything. You could move from your bed to the fridge. But like, you know what I mean? Like movement could literally be going to CVS, but going to a farther CVS to get your groceries or your whatever you need and just coming back. Um, and so I learned that there is joy in movement and I would have a lot of frustration and a lot of just not good vibes towards fitness. And so I kind of reframed the way I thought about it and it really helped. And so Let's talk about now. Let's talk about where I'm at now and how I feel about fitness and movement and what I'm loving. So I, over the last few years, have gone through so many different classes, which I've learned to love, love, love classes. How crazy. I used to hate them. I used to feel embarrassed at them. I felt weird. You got to always bite the bullet. Like You got to just get through the first couple or the first one. Walking into a studio by myself when I never been before is probably the most traumatizing thing I've ever experienced in my life. Like walking into a new Equinox location, new gym location that you've never been in before and trying to find the locker room is actually the most humble experience, humbling experience I've ever had. Like, so now I always say like, if I'm going to go to a new gym, if I'm going to go to a new class, I prefer to do it with a friend or a group of friends because walking in there gives me fucking anxiety. Like, and I don't know if anyone else relates to that, but I feel out of place and weird. And so if I ever want to try something new, I'll go with a friend that either has tried it before and knows the ropes already, or we'll just try it with me so I can feel like we don't, we're not weird because we're both lost, not just me looking around aimlessly. And, and I also want to get into embarrassment around movement because I think there was a huge thing with judgment and embarrassment. And I want to touch on that after this, but I just started trying a shit ton of classes. I went to Rumble. I went to Soul. Um, I would do Equinox classes. I would do hot yoga, Pilates. Like, 
you name it, and I'm still open to trying more all the time. Um, but I, I narrowed down the things that I really loved, and then I would go back to those things. So here are the things that I'm loving right now. I go to Rumble probably once or twice a week. I absolutely love boxing. Not an aggressive person, like, at all. But when I tell you I'm hitting that bag so hard, like, I'm going at it. Rumble is a great, great workout. I've never been a Barry's girl. Um, would love to try it. My whole thing is there are certain classes. I even had this idea in my head about Soul Cycle that it was like cult-ish. And then you go and you realize everyone's welcome and it doesn't feel like that at all. But I used to think it was like a cult and I was like always afraid to go. Um, I also do love Peloton, but that's more like doing it in the privacy. And I like to be in person, being motivated. Um, so yeah, Soul Cycle has been incredible for me because I just, it's a form of meditation for me. And, and same thing with Rumble, but my thoughts are still going. Whereas in Soul, which I do like once a week or twice a week even, I feel like my brain shuts off. Like I can just ride and listen to the music and I'm not thinking about anything from the outside world. I'm just getting my cardio in and just feeling good. And I just love it. Um, the other thing I'm obsessed with is Cardio Sculpt. I think the importance of finding a good instructor is everything. And... There's an instructor named Calvin at um, Equinox, and I, when I lived in West Village, that's when I discovered him. Um, he's incredible. He is just, like, funny and just brightens my day every time I go to his classes. And so I've made it a point not only to go to his classes because I love the movements that he's doing, but also just because... Um, starting your day with a person that brings you joy and that makes you feel motivated is such a great thing and such a gift. So he has been such a gift to me. I'm so grateful for him. I need to get him a holiday gift for, or something. Cause I like love that man so much. Um, let's think of some other things. I tried, um, hot yoga this summer in the Hamptons at this place called fierce grace. Um, I was staying with a friend and she brought me there and I absolutely loved it. They made the room way too hot. And when that happens, that's just not the vibe. Like I had to walk outside for a second. I was dying that much. I was also hungover like severely, but I do love hot yoga. I love how it feels to sweat, but also be moving your body at the same time. And so that's something I definitely want to do more of. But right now the cardio sculpt, um, soul cycle and rumble are the three things I do consistently. And then the one other day a week or two other days a week, cause I really will typically work out three to five days a week. Um, it really ranges depending on how I'm feeling. Cause I'm all about really listening to my body. Um, I'm not much of a planner. Like I don't need to say like, I need to have Five, like one day of cardio, two days of weightlifting, like whatever. I more so just really listen to my body and see what my body is in the mood for and what I feel like I need because I feel like that's the best tool you can use is like actually listening to yourself and like being like, hmm, I feel like I really need to run today. Like I feel like I need a good cardio session or I feel like I want to feel strong and I want to lift today. I know maybe not every fitness instructor would say that was right but that's what works for me and that's what makes me feel good and I think that is the most important thing about movement and about fitness you have to do what makes you feel good it does not matter what anyone else is doing you have to do you I'll do those things like three to five um days a week and then so the the other two days I'll usually 
go to Equinox or I have yet to go to the gym in my building. Honestly, it's a little scary down there. It's like in the basement. Um, but I'll go to Equinox usually and I'll do Peloton runs. I was in my running era before and I absolutely loved it, but I tore my ACL in high school and my knees are horrible and my hips are horrible. And I was really feeling pain in my knees and my hips and running is like not great for you in that case. Um, so I kind of stopped, but I'm doing 30 minute runs now and I've been incorporating walk plus runs. And I used to be like, you're so lame for doing walk plus run. Don't be a pussy. You're not lame. You're not anything like most people. It, getting yourself there is is a challenge in and of itself. I've realized that. And so whatever you need to do to make your body feel the best is what you need to do. So I've been doing like Peloton, like walk plus runs, and then maybe like a 10-minute abs after. Even if it's just 30 minutes, which I love a good 30-minute walk plus run session and go about my day. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Now going into some problems that I have with the fitness industry and some things that I've noticed about being in classes. One, I feel like there are a lot of people that fear going to the gym because of the judgment in the gym. Meaning there's a lot of like judgmental people in the gym, um, especially when you're at like a place like an Equinox or just anywhere. And maybe that is why I feel nervous when I first go to a class for the first time and I don't know anyone or whatever. Like I feel like the fitness industry, there is a lot of judgment and it's only welcome for certain bodies. Like I go into a class and I'm looking around and I'm taking note of, is this class a place where it feels like only people in thinner bodies are welcome. Like, do I see people in larger bodies here as well? Um, because when I want when I go to a fitness class, I want to feel like all bodies are welcome and the instructor is a welcoming person and an accepting person. Um, and so I feel like the fitness industry really has lacked diversity and that's a big issue because there's a lot of people out there that spew the hatred of like, if this person is a larger body, they should go to the gym. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you guys have made it so that the gym is the most unwelcoming and horrible place for them to be. And that's, again, not, I'm not speaking for everyone, but this is just something I've noticed. Even I have family members that are in larger bodies that I know feel that judgment of the, of the fitness industry. And even someone being in a average sized body, um, with normal fat on my stomach and, just cellulite and normal things. Like there are certain classes that I genuinely feel less welcome in. Um, and that's an issue. I feel like what can we do? And I don't know the answer to this, but what can we do as a society and what can we do in the fitness industri industry so that more people are inclined to go to the gym and feel the joy in movement? Because there must be a lot of other people out there that are looking looking at movement as punishment or as just a way to thinness. I don't know. I just feel like the fitness industry has such a slim way of thinking and it has gotten better over the years, but has it? Because I still feel like there are a lot of people in larger bodies that don't feel like they can just walk into a soul cycle class. Like it almost takes more courage because it feels like there is judgment. I think one of the things is 
making sure that fitness places are hiring people of all different sizes. Another thing is even um, for fitness brands, making sure that their advertisements are including diversity. Because when I look at a sports bra company, I don't just want to see a really fit person, a really fit in quotes person. Because fitness can come in all shapes and sizes and a person can be a bit and be overweight. And I, I don't think people grasp or understand that. I don't know. I just feel like at the end of the day, it's very demotivating when you just see one body type in the gym. And I think it would be super helpful if um, brands, fitness brands and gyms and Anyone in the fitness industry can really make sure they are including all bodies of all shapes and sizes so that everyone feels welcome in that environment. And also, I think it's really important, um, and this is for everyone that goes to the gym or goes to a class, I think it's extremely important to be kind to people, to make sure, even if you're not intentionally looking at someone the wrong way or staring at someone you smile at them, you talk to people in your classes, you just, you never know what someone's going through, you never know um, if someone feels uncomfortable in the class or if it's their first time. And so I think just as a society in general, it's super important that we try to make everyone feel welcome um, because I have definitely been in some classes where I have felt some weird vibes from people and it has made me feel very uncomfortable. And we all know that one person or those people that are making snarky remarks in the corner about a girl in the class that is struggling and you're not helping anyone and you're not that does not serve anyone so I think we really need to try to put an emphasis on or even if you want to say something say whatever you want to say say it in the privacy of your home don't be laughing and be whispering when you're in that class because um you never know who is feeling insecure and again who is there for their first time and we just want to make sure that everyone feels included so that wherever they are on their fitness journey, they can feel like this is something that's sustainable for them and that they want to come back to. And it's a safe space. How important is that too? Having a safe space to work out. I think that's the most important thing. And the last thing I want to talk about is what I spoke about before, who you surround yourself with. Take a good look and think right now, even if we're doing a little exercise right now, like, just take a look at who is in your life, who is in your circle. Can you think of anyone that would maybe laugh at you or make you uncomfortable or make fun of you or anything negative when it comes to your fitness journey or who you feel like is pushing you but not in a good way, not in an encouraging way, in a, in a not so good way? Think about that and think about boundaries because it's so important. And maybe your fitness journey is not something you actually want to share with them at all and not something you want to involve them in. And then now think in your head, maybe even close your eyes and think in your head about someone in your life that has always made you feel included and welcome and safe. That is someone that you want to include in your fitness journey. And that is someone that you want to bring to a gym with you and experiment and try new things with and I think also there's always room for improvement so if there are people in your life that you feel like have been a little too hard on you I even have experienced this in the past with my parents 
my parents not realizing that when they were telling me to go to the gym, they just wanted me to do it for my mental health. But I, because I was naive and I was young and I was going through a lot, I would take it as my parents think that I'm, and it, I'm using this fat is not bad, but I, I, back then my mindset was that fat is bad and I don't want to be that. And my parents would, I, my parents will think I'm fat. My parents think I'm overweight. My parents think I'm fat. My parents think that I look bad and I need to go to the gym because I look bad. And it's okay to set a boundary and to be like, look, when you tell me to go to the gym, even though you claim that it makes, it's just for my mental health, there's not one ounce of me that believes you because I have my own issues. And so it's actually not helpful at all. And the only person that is going to be able to motivate me to go is me. And so there's nothing wrong with like setting that boundary and telling someone in your life, if they're kind of pushing you too much about going to the gym, telling them how that makes you feel. Cause you really need to surround yourself with people that lift you up and that never, ever, ever make you feel like you need to do anything. And I know that for someone that is overweight and they're looking to um, lose weight and get healthier, I totally understand that they wanna have a support system but there is a way to say it and there's a way to come off. And just, I'm just protective of you guys and to everyone and I wanna make sure that that way isn't subconsciously hurting you. Cause even if you're telling yourself it's not, like how is it truly making you feel? Is it truly pushing you? And if it is, that's great. But just make sure that the, the tone of voice and the way that they are encouraging you is actually truly encouraging. Surround yourself with people that make you feel freaking good about yourself and that make you actually feel encouraged and not people that make you feel negative. On a final note, I just want to say that I have also been surrounded by a lot of people in my life that have talked about fitness in a way that almost made me feel insecure. Like, oh, oh, like, like even my mom, like, Oh, like I went to the gym today and I did this, this, and this in a time where I maybe wasn't going to the gym and it just made me feel like such shit or me being in college and my roommates would be like, Oh, we just came back from hot yoga and blah, blah, blah. I know that's a me problem. That's a me insecurity, but I was going through it and I was feeling like shit. And sometimes I, I don't, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I just don't think it's wrong to set a boundary and to be like, look. I'm actually going through something right now where talk of fitness is making me feel like really insecure and like bad about myself. And I would just really appreciate it if when you did go to the gym or when you um, were thinking about going to the gym, you just, the dialogue doesn't maybe include me. Like you can talk about it amongst each other, but maybe in the morning when you're like contemplating what you're going to eat and what you're going to do in the gym during the day. Cause I know in college, that's always like a big thing, especially like living in the sorority house. Like there's a lot of culture around like, um, girls being buddy buddy together and like, oh, I'm gonna let's eat this for breakfast, this for lunch, and then we'll have this for dinner, and we're gonna do this workout today. Like, I remember so clearly those things bothering me, and so, like, set a fucking boundary because sometimes it's just really necessary, and that's not always the healthiest thing to. You can plan your day in your head, but there's a line between planning it and then becoming obsessive, and so, yeah, don't let other people get in your head and influence you and if you need to set that boundary that is all the time i have today this has been a longer podcast and i'm very happy about it because i feel like we definitely got to cover a lot i do want to come on instagram and answer more questions if you guys have them about fitness and 
um, my fitness journey and anything I can do to help you guys. So please make sure you follow Real with CW on Instagram and I am going to be answering all of your questions. Thank you guys so much for joining in today. This was such a fun episode to film and I really feel like I got to cover a lot and we will definitely cover more on the Instagram. So um, if you haven't given me a rating and review yet, make sure you do that. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. Leave some nice things in the comments below if you feel like it. And I love you guys and I will see you next Wednesday. What a wonderful